Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Man, I was thinking about what does resurrection life mean? What does Easter mean? They're going to take their time, but what, you've got to go slow. We've got a lot of people in here, right? What does Easter mean? Well, Easter means more than sometimes what meets the eye. And I caught something in this. This is about resurrection life. That's what Jesus said. All throughout the Bible, what would happen is Jesus would come into situations and circumstances that almost look hopeless. And he would come and bring an answer. People were going through stuff and it seemed like impossible. And he would bring the answer. People were dealing with stuff. He actually knew what was in the mind of the people to answer the question so they could find peace. In situations and in circumstances, when people look like there is no way out, he got them a way out. He not only just showed up and brought them peace, but he brought them victory. He didn't just bring them victory. He brought them healing. He didn't just bring them healing. He brought them miracles. Every time resurrection life was demanded on, He showed up and moved in the life of people because he loves people. And I got news for you. He didn't do it based upon how their performance was working out. He did it based upon how his word was written. Don't you ever forget that about God. He never bases how he's going to respond to you about how you perform. He responds to you about what's been written. He don't come out of his word. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of God. He's going to repent about anything he said. If he said it, he's going to do it. He ain't changing his mind. If he lied, the world would explode. It would come off its axis and rotate wrong. It would spin wrong. In the beginning, God said, light be. Light has not stopped ripping through this atmosphere forever. Because the moment God said it, he ain't tacking back what he said. He let it loose, and it cannot be not what he said. It has to be exactly what he said. And that's what you got to remember. Because that's the God you serve. So they're like, I'm just visiting. Well, praise God. That's the God you're getting ready to know. Because that's the truth. So I started thinking about this, and I read this, and I started thinking, what does Easter mean? Easter means hope. That's what I think Easter means. It's hope, man. Hope that something can change. Hope that, you ever been in a hopeless situation? Feel like you don't know what you're going to do? Don't feel like anything can work? Hope is confident expectation with joyful anticipation that something can change. The Bible says that in the earth you have no hope without God. That's why, I, I, that's why it's hard, but it's tough. But, you know, people that are lost and out there just running around, they're hopeless. We've got to put faith in something, man. We put our faith in God. We know where to put it. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if I don't have hope, I can't really have faith. Because faith brings substance to my hopes. See, there's a scripture in the Bible that says this, hope deferred, which basically means hope not found or delayed, makes the heart sick. Meaning that I'm brokenhearted because I don't have any hope anymore. I don't have hope my family can change. I don't have hope my marriage can change. I don't have hope my relationship with the people I care about can change. I don't feel like anything. So I feel kind of hopeless even though I'm serving the God of hope. 
So today, I got one assignment. Bring, bring hope to your life in areas and situations because when he showed up and said, I'm the resurrection and the life, he was saying something a whole lot more than we maybe realized. He was saying, I don't care what it looks like, I can turn it around. I don't care what it feels like, I can turn it around. And I'm telling you another thing, I don't care what it looks like, I can turn it around. Look what it says here in Luke. I want you to look at this. We're going to read this. This is, the story. this is Easter right here. This is Easter in the Bible. But man, something at the end of this just really, really spoke to my heart. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came in the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain other, uh, others came with them. So now I want you to picture this. You know, I kind of the other, last week, I had to go, uh, I went and sp- spoke at a thing, and it was literally at the funeral home. And I said, man, I never like coming here. <laughs> it was a positive thing, you know, but I, I was like, I never like going there. Even when the, the saints that are supposed to be, you know, and when you ride by and you see those tombstones, this kind of caught me. I said, you know, you see people bringing flowers and you pay your respects and you do all that stuff. But can you imagine going to the, t- I thought about my, my grandfather's in a, you know, in a mausoleum. And I remember as a kid, them going go there. And I said, what would I do if that stone was off and he wasn't in the grave? You got to sometimes make these stories come alive. I'd be like, what is going on? Can you imagine the shock? That they were, that's what they were doing. They were bringing spices to pay respects for the body of Jesus. But when they got there, he was gone. Can you imagine what perplexity, bewilderment? Come on, man. Put it in modern day. We go down there and we go look and they ain't there no more. I've been looking at what you've been smoking or what did you, what did you do yesterday? What's going on? Somebody slipped something in my drink. What happened here? Come on. No, I'm being serious. Can you imagine the wildness of the moment? Like really pulling in, like they're going to the tomb and the tombs rolled away. Sounds cute in religion, but we got to bring it in the practicality of understanding this, that this is a shocking moment. And he said, what? Other people went with them. Look at verse two. Watch how this plays out. And they found the stone rolled away. It's gone. Where is he? I'm like, where'd Jesus go? Where's he at? Look at verse three. And what? And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord. He's gone. And it came to pass as there was much perplexity thereabout. You think so? Maybe just a little bit. Like, let me look. Double take. He ain't there. He's gone. Where'd this joker go, man? He's gone. Come on, what would you be doing? Cell phone. He ain't here. He ain't here. Somebody do Facebook Live. Yo, he ain't here. I went, look, they told me here, is this the right place? Is this the wrong tomb? How many guys are in a box? How many guys are over here up in a box behind a bike, laying over here behind a stone? Is this the wrong spot? <laughs> GPS told me it was here. Right? Then some of you are really, really good. Facebook Live, Jesus ain't here. Story at 11. I'm going to find him, though. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Google it. Where is Jesus? Nobody knows. So you got to pull it in your head. This makes sense now. Because I don't know. What do you mean? Sepulchers, spices. What are you going to make dinner? Give me a break. We don't do that now. Right? Someone is like, praise God. Got your latte and you went looking for Jesus. Come on, somebody. Jesus is God. Dropping your coffee, freaking out, calling out, trying. No, think about it. And it came to pass. They were perplexed. You'll be perplexed too. Hey, here. Where'd he go? Behold, two men were standing there with shining garments. They were angels. And what did they say? Look at verse 5. And as they were afraid. You think so? I've been freaking out too. 
Right? And bowed down their faces to earth. They said to them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? <laughs> why are you looking for the living among the dead? How many of you looking upon dead things? Staring at dead things way too long. And you start needing to get a different perspective and start looking at the things that are going to produce life. Gets better. Check this out. He says, why? This is, this, this is like, boom. Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? Watch this. He's not here, but he's risen. Now watch this. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. Mm. Saying, Son of man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day he's going to rise again. In verse 8, hit me like a Mack truck. And they remembered his words. Do you remember his words? Some of you say, I don't know his words. Well, we're here to help you. But some of you, do you remember what he said? Because when hope looks like it's gone, you got to remember what he said. When hope it was hopeless. The Savior that we serve is dead. They know, they didn't think no resurrection. If he, what is he talking, if he was resurrected, why would this happening? How many have been through that? Why is this happening? It's not supposed to turn out like this. This was supposed to be good, but turned out bad. I thought God was for me, not against me. What's going on? How could this be? This was supposed to be that. That was supposed to be this. Up and down, don't know what's going around, right? Don't know, but what did he say? He said, do you remember what he said? Do you remember what he said about this moment? Do you remember what he said about your situation? Do you remember what he said about your life? And then I started thinking about this. What does resurrection life really mean? It means hope for every situation, even when it looks hopeless, or even when it looks like it's not working, or even when it doesn't look like it's happening, or even when it looks like, man, we prayed and we're believing. I don't know, God. How can I hang on to hope even when it looks hopeless? A couple of things I just thought about. I want, just write them down. Maybe they're just memory points you keep for your rest of life. We have hope because we have his word. We got his word. Resurrection power basically gives us what? Greater hope. In Hebrews 6, 19, I want you to look at this because it says something in this. It says, upon the first day, right? You seen that? But Hebrews 6, 19 says something a little bit different. It says, this is like going back to the end of what he said. Hope connects to what he said in the beginning. Because you got to hang on to it. You got to remember it. The Bible says this. It says, for when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. God's promises are based on his character. God's promises are based on who he is. And God's promises are based on what? His word. Look at this. Saying, surely I will bless thee, multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promises of God. For men verily swear by the greater an oath of confirmation is an end of all strife. You want to get rid of strife in your life? You just got to find agreement. That's what it really comes down to. Once you find agreement, you'll get rid of strife. Look at verse 18 and 19. They really pull it together. That by two immutable things, it was impossible for God to lie. That's what God said. 
God said, I cannot lie. And what? It's impossible for me to lie. We might have what? Strong consolation. We have what? Fled refuge to lay upon it. This hope, this hope that is set before us. And this hope, which has now become an anchor of my soul. Both short and steadfast, which enters in the veil that we see. You know what I was thinking about? Fishing. We go fishing with the guys in the church, right? What do we do? Somebody's got to throw the anchor, right? I usually give Luca that job. Luca, go get the anchor. Throw it. Why? Because we're trying to get this boat not to go adrift. So what do we got to do? We got to put the anchor out so we don't go flying all over the place when we're not supposed to get loose. Here's the key with this anchor. Jesus said the anchor of the mind, will, and emotions is hope. Your soul is comprised of your mind, your will, and your emotions. So check this out. If you don't have hope in your mind, in your will, and in your emotional side of life, you got to get the anchor to what? Get over into the Jesus thing because if you don't get there, you cannot what? Stay fixed. What do you do? You'll be all over the place. Hope is the anchor of the soul. What? Sure and steadfast, connected to God. So think about this. We have hope because of what he did, and what he did on the cross makes us hopeful, not hopeless. Think about this. I love this part, right? Check this out. We have hope, and it's an optimistic state of mind that is based on an expectation of positive outcomes with respect to events and circumstances in one life. Listen to this. Or the world at large. Basically, it means this. Expect with confidence and to cherish a desire with anticipation. Ain't that good news? We got hope. Why do we got hope? We got hope because of resurrection life. And you can't, guess what that means? It's an anchor to my soul. Next time you feel like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know how this could change. I don't know how this is going to be. What do I got to do? I got to put my hope and trust in God. And you ain't got to get fancy about it. Just go, God, I'm trusting you. When you don't know what to do, just say, God, I'm trusting you. You ain't got to get fancy. You don't have to get clinical. All you got to say is, God, I'm trusting you. The second thing I thought about was this, was resurrection power gives me greater forgiveness. Write that down. You're going to need it. Amen. Jesus wanted to forgive you and me so much, he died to be able to do it. No one would die to pay the price for you, but he did to forgive. How many know forgiveness is a tough thing? A lot of people are dealing with that. They're feeling like, number one, I have not received forgiveness. And number two, I don't really want to forgive. Because I mean, you know, not everybody in life is great. Some people are evil. Right? Some people are just downright mean. Now, I want you to understand something about forgiveness because I like this scripture because here's the thing we don't understand sometimes. God will never ask you to give something he didn't already give you. This is good. You better pull that in. Look at Psalm 32. 10, and I think I used the uh, passion there, right? It says, so what? So my conclusion is this. Many are the sorrows and frustrations of those who don't come clean with God. Man. You see that? You better read that slow. Many are the sorrows and frustrations of them who what? Don't come clean with God. What's that mean? Honest. You think, you, you think we got to hide anything from God? You think we could keep secrets from God? You wouldn't be here today if you didn't love God. You're hitting this. Listen, you could be doing a whole lot of other stuff on an Easter Sunday morning, but you decided to come to church because you love God. Come on, somebody. Somebody invited me. That's why I came. You didn't have to come. You chose to come because you love God. And God will take you just the way you are. Amen? I just came from my mama. Well, praise be to God, you didn't have to. But guess what? You came because you love God. Look what it says here. It says, come clean with God. I love that, right? 
What does that mean? But when you trust in the Lord for forgiveness, his wraparound love will do what? Surround you. Yeah. Woo! His wraparound love will surround you. When you what? Look at the first part of that again. What's it say? So my conclusion is this. Many are sorrows and frustrations of those who don't come clean with God. Come clean with God. Tell God where you're hurting. Tell God what's going on. Tell God where you got pain. Listen, I tell people all the time in church, stop telling your friends that can't do nothing about your situation and your circumstances, all your problems, and go tell your God. Amen? That's what you got to do. Tell your God because he's the one that cares. Amen? Sometimes you start sharing stuff with people and you wind up getting more hurt sharing it with people because they don't make any sense when they give you a response. Next thing you know, they're making you more discouraged than you were before you started telling somebody something. That's good preaching. Give me an amen. Come on. You know what I'm saying? They wear you out. You try to tell them something. They made it worse. It was bad when it started. They made it worse. Their advice was what? Hopeless. Come on, somebody. You got to get around God and tell God, here's where I'm frustrated. Here's what I'm going to. He hears you. Amen. Look at that. Put the rest of that scripture up there. They got to see this. But what? But when you trust in the Lord for forgiveness, his wraparound love will surround you. How, I, how would you mean forgiveness? Well, you know how much you've been forgiven? See, that's, what, that's the problem about it. God will never ask you to give something he didn't already give you. So you got to think about this. How much did God forgive you? He forgave you of everything. How can he do that? Well, he's supernatural. That's why he went to the cross. The cross, he took the curse and he took what? Every single thing that was upon me and you on him and exchanged his what? Mercy for our mistakes. So his mercy was exchanged for our mistakes. And guess what he said? He said, I love you so much, I gave you. You know, one time I was asking the Lord, he said, I want you to, I want you to sow, I want you to sow what you reaped. I said, no, no, you got it backwards, God. You reap what you sow. He said, no, pay attention. I want you to sow what you reaped. I said, no, 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 you got it backwards. You reap what you sow. How many, you don't, you don't, you, don't, you, don't, you reap what you sow? You don't, you don't sow what you reap, you reap what you sow. I said, well, that don't make no sense. What do you mean? You, you're, no, he said, you reap what you sow. He said, no, I need you to sow what you reaped. I said, I'm confused. He said, no, duh. You know, do you hear God? In my head, it sounds like me, but okay. I said, what do you mean? He said, no, do you know how much forgiveness I gave you? Then give it away. You know how much mercy I gave you? Give it away. You know how much peace I gave you? Give it away. See, it's not yours to hold back from anybody because he gave you his forgiveness. So you ain't really holding back your stuff when you don't forgive. You're holding back his stuff when you don't forgive. Because you didn't have the forgiveness to forgive. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, there's evil people out there. There's hurtful people out there. There's people that are not nice and unkind. But guess what? He even gave you forgiveness to forgive them. You see that? So what he said, he said, you got it, now give it away. He gave it, now give it away. That's the problem. You say, well, it's hard. No, it would be hard if you didn't know what you had. That's why I got to teach you the God side so you can give it away. Because the man's side seems tough until you see the God side. Then I start thinking about it. Well, then I'll tell you, really, you want to tell you really what will motivate you? You get a little ornery and know this, that if I don't forgive you, he can't forgive me, and I'm messing up my prayer life because of a bunch of bozos in the earth. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm forgiving everybody. Let's do that again real slow. Okay, so here's what happens. The person that got you mad, that said something not nice, that wasn't nice and did the wrong thing, remember them? How many got one of them? Don't raise your hand. You're going to see them this afternoon at Easter dinner. Okay? 
They're going to show up. And they show up. No, you're the one. Next time you see them, go, you might be messing up my prayer life, man. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm for, I forgive people out of spite. You didn't know that? That's you. you forgive them out of spite. It's okay. God's cool with it. I already ran through with him. Okay? What do you mean out of spite? Like, I'm like, look, bad enough you're really mean and you're pretty much not nice and I really don't like you, but I, I'm okay with you. I'm okay. I don't really like you. Some people are evil, right? And I, I don't like you. And now I just found out in church, not only do I not like you and are you, you're a little jerky sometimes. It's okay. Now you're messing up my prayer life. So now I'm really ticked off because now not only are you you're a, real, you're a real piece of work, now I just found out Sunday, you could be messing up my prayer life. So now I'm going to bless you no matter what because I don't want you taking advantage of my prayer life. So out of spite, you're forgiven. Praise be to God. I'm going to go on. Is that okay? Is that all right? You see it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like wait, if I hold unforgiveness, God's like, this ain't fair, God. But I, they're, they're goobers. And I got to still forget. Yeah, forgive them or you're going to mess up your prayer life. Does it make sense? So I'm going to let them loose and be nice. You want to know why? I want my prayers to work. I still don't like them, but I can catch up. My feelings will catch up. But here's the thing. I'm just talking straight. You with me? My feelings will catch up because you know some of you, every time you see them a little bit, you're like, mm-hmm. They show up. I know how you do. You go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know what happens. You ain't saying it, but your body's saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Come on. Do that. Yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. Everybody do it real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You know how they do. They show up and they're like, they pretend nothing happened. But all the while, you know, they know. And they walk around like they don't know. But you know you know because you know what they. And now they want to sit there and pretend like nothing happened. And you're supposed to be just cool with it. No. No. But I'm going to do it out of spite. Everybody say, I'm going to do it out of spite. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I promise you it will. I want my prayers answered, don't you? Think about this. Jesus was the epitome of this. I'll prove it to you. Judas, all the while knowing was going to betray him, he loved him like everybody else. See, we just got through Good Friday. I got, good news. I got news for you. Ready for this? You better really hear me because I know I'm not going to keep you all day. Check this out. Good Friday was the first moment that we seen Judas as the betrayer. Jesus knew him from birth. And the problem with me with that is why did he pick him? John says he knew from the beginning. I, that'll blow your mind. Were you thinking there was maybe hope? I don't know. Was he on an assignment? Maybe he was on an assignment he could have changed. But how do you not treat the guy you know from day one is going to be the betrayer of you? And you never treat him any different than anybody else. So much so nobody could really realize who the betrayer was. They had to ask. And Jesus said, tonight, someone will dip their hand in that bowl with me and he will be the one. And Peter thought it was him. That's why he asked, who is it? <laughs> and was smart enough to know God would not answer him. So he said, John, you ask him. He really likes you. <laughs> Find out what you can do to get the answer. And he said, he who sticks his hand in that bowl with me. All the while knowing. I don't know about you, man, but if I would know from day one you were out to get me, your Christmas gift would stink. Your seat in church would be so far back you need binoculars. I ain't going to dinner with you and hanging out. I'll throw something at you. Yeah, I'll throw the butter at your head. 
Come on, right? You know what? All the while, no. Can you, can you imagine Last Supper? Can you pass the potatoes? Can you pass the ham? You're going to wear the ham in about, you deceiver, <laughs> backstabber. Why did you buy me a cutlery set for, for my birthday? Because you're, you're going to stab me in the back. That's why, Judas. You know what I'm saying? Like, how does he not respond? How does he not act different? How does he not tell that nobody can even tell who it is? Because love, love believes the best, even in its worst. How can I do that? I got hope for that. Because let me tell you, some of you, because of the love hit, you would have quit. But you're not going to quit because God is love. Come on, somebody. Check this out. Number three, what does resurrection power do? It gives me greater ability to overcome the past. I found that in, in Hebrews 12 and 1 and 2. It gives me greater ability to overcome what? The past. How many of you know you can't do nothing about your past? His cross can wash away your guilt and shame. I want you to sit on it. His, so you can't do nothing about your past. Let me tell you something about life. You only got today. Has anybody in this room ever seen tomorrow? No, never shows up, but it shows up as today. Everybody says, wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow? Tomorrow nobody's guaranteed. So, right? So all you got is today. You want to change your life? Change today. If you don't change today, you can't change your tomorrow. So you got now. He will give you the ability to overcome guilt and shame. Everybody's got it. Regret is the greatest pain you and I will ever feel. You know why? Because sometimes in life we don't make right decisions. Sometimes in life we know the decision we should make. We make the wrong decision because we choose it. And we got regret. And then we feel like the rest of our life is a mess. Can anybody go back and fix yesterday? No. Can anybody go forward and set up tomorrow? No. All you got is today. What are you going to do in today? Come on, you see this? Look what it says here. Look what it says here. You got to see this. As for us, what? We have all these great witnesses so encircled like a cloud. So we what? We must let go of every wound that has pierced us in this sin which we easily fall into. You got to let go of those wounds. Why? Because power of resurrection Christ can give me the ability to overcome things I could not overcome by myself. He can give me the ability to overcome the guilt, the shame, and the pain. I can live beyond it and live through it. Why is that? Because he's giving me the ability. Look what he says here. Then we'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion. Man, he said life's marathon race. I like that, don't you? Life is a marathon. You know what I'm saying? When you're running a marathon, you you just can't sprint. Come on. Mandy will tell you. You got to pace yourself. Because if you get out too quick, you won't have enough to last. Come on. You got to realize this. We're in a marathon called life. Look what it says here. Determination for the path has already been marked out before us. Look at verse 2. You're going to like this. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze on a Jesus who birthed faith within us and who led us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this. Because his heart, look at this now. I want you to see this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. Why did, he, why, did he go on a, why did he go up on that cross? Because the joy of knowing you were going to be his. Why did he endure the pain? Because the joy of knowing you were going to be his. That's what he said. I didn't say it. He said it. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation. He conquered humiliation so you never have to be humiliated. He conquered this stuff so you could overcome grief and pain and regret. He conquered it for you. He loves you. Now you hear this in church, like cliche. Oh, yeah. he had, No, he did it because he wanted to and he did it because he loves you. Now it's up to you whether you're going to accept it or not. It's up to you whether you're going to believe it or not. Your life is never determined by what you believe, but by who you're going to believe. That's what life's all about. You got to believe somebody. We can overcome it. 
Look at this. I didn't get a chance. I got four and five. Check this out real quick. Four. I like four. I didn't want the morning service. I missed it. This service, I need to say it. Resurrection power gives me greater power to overcome my problems. God's power is greater than any problem you have. Next time you get in a problem, don't, don't just look there and go, oh my God, this is hopeless. God's power and ability can overcome the problems of life. Problems are always the worst the first time you hear them. Once you kind of settle in it and you start looking at the way, you could always find a little bit of good even in the middle of a mess. Just know this, every problem you got in life, God's already got the solution prepared. Resurrection power can change anything. There's a great story in the Bible that I was talking about, and it was Lazarus, because how many know Lazarus was the first resurrection? They showed up in a situation that was hopeless. Jesus even stood back to wait till it was utterly hopeless and then showed up on the scene and said, ah, don't worry about it. Lazarus is just sleeping. Lazarus was dead. And when he got there, he said to Mary and Martha, he said, I'm here. They said, I wish you could have been here when he was breathing because now it's over. If you would have been here earlier, if you would have been here, you could have changed it. If you would have been here, you could have did something. But now it's hopeless. Jesus said, I want you to know that with resurrection power, anything could change. They said, yeah, we know later on that it could change. When we're like in heaven, it could be great, but we're gonna be great here on the earth right now. And Jesus said, don't you know who's standing before you right now? I am the resurrection and the life. And he looked at a dead situation and said, what? Lazarus, come up out of there. And Lazarus came up out of there bound up like a mummy because what? When resurrection life shows up to a problem, the problem has to change. He can unravel the problems of your life if you will put a what? A commitment in his word and the things he said and you will believe that that power can change your situation and change your circumstances. That's what you got to believe. But guess what? You got to believe. Now, there's only one response that God wants you for every promise of life to remember is all you got to do is believe. See, there's conditional promises. I'm going to give you the last point. You can go. There's conditional promises. They need your faith to come to pass. There's some stuff that's going to happen no matter what. Jesus is going to come back. We're going to have this. You can't stop that. But there's conditional promises that need your faith to agree with to get them to come to pass. See, a lot of people give God, oh, God can do whatever he wants. God can just do it when he feels like doing it. No, he can't. God is bound by his word to perform it, and he has to do exactly what the word of God says. That's why when Jesus said this, a lot of people don't know this stuff. When Jesus lifted up, basically lifted up his word above his name. He said, I put my word above my name. Last time I checked, you with me? Last time I checked, Jesus' name was the most powerful name in the heavens and in the earth. He said, I take the Kabari Bible for a minute. He said, this is what he basically did. Thank you, sir. He goes to this, pastor, right? He said, Jesus said this. He said, I lift this word above my name. So basically he was saying, I submit myself to it. I believe it and I do everything. So when he said, I lift that word, this word above my name, he was submitting to it. He was empowering it. And what he was saying is, he said, that word has power and authority over everyone's life, even mine. And I live in the page of it. He said, I was the word and I became flesh. So that's real fancy terminology to mean this, that if he put it in a book, he can get it to come pass in your life. Amen. See what I'm saying? So you got to have faith. Just believe. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make it real simple. Look at your neighbor. Just go, I believe. Look at your other neighbor. Say, I believe. Next time a situation shows up, looks like God's got to do a miracle. All you got to do is go, I, practice. Come on. Next time a problem shows up, next time a situation shows up, what do you say? I believe. Well, I believe. What happens next time it don't look like it's working out? I believe. What do I do in this? I believe. 
I believe. That's all. God, I believe you. I'm trusting you. I believe in you. I don't know the fancy words and terminology and scriptures and all that stuff, but I don't really have to know that. All I got to know is I believe. And once you allow your beliefs to get there, guess what happens? God will start moving. Because how many know if God be for me? Nobody can be against me. And here's the last one. Number five, greater power of resurrection understanding lets me understand a greater love. God is love. He's love, man. He's love. You say, well, I don't see love. God's love. People, human love, even like parental love, a mother's love, a family's love, a father's love, it's really, in it's, it's, in a spot, it's a little selfish. God's love ain't human love. You cannot compare it to human love at all. Agape cannot be compared. This is unconditional love. Never stops, never leaves, never stops coming towards you whether you receive it or not. And I was thinking about this, I really, this story hit me this week. I've read this story time and time and time again, and I, I didn't get it, and then I caught it, and it was, it, it, it was Peter, you know? And Peter denied Jesus. You all know the story. Peter denied Jesus. He didn't really act appropriate in certain times. Jesus kind of said, he said, listen, man, he said, I'll be with you, Jesus. And Jesus said, there's going to come a day when a rooster's going to crow and you're going to announce me three times. You're not going to walk with me as tight as you think you are. Your pressure's going to get you. And I'm trying to get you. I'm praying for you. I pray you, get, you make it, but I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm going to pray for you, right? But a decision is yours. And you all know the story. Peter denied him. Peter failed. And Peter went back to fishing. And I, I never understood this. And I said, What's the big deal? So Jesus meets him on the seashore and he asked him those three questions. Everybody in the room knows the thing. He said, Peter, do you love me? 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 Asked him three times, do you love me? And Peter gets a little frustrated. And I said, well, you know, it's a great story, Jesus, but what's this all about? And I, I never got it till yesterday, day before, whatever. He said, um, when I met him at the beach, the first time I ever met him was on that boat. I wanted him to remember. See, the first time he met Peter was when he said, launch me out into the deep and throw your nets. See, I met him on the seashore the first time I ever met him. And then I met him later. Because he went back to what he was familiar with because he thought our relationship was finished. But I wanted him to know I never left my side of the bargain, even though he left his. Peter, you love me? Yeah. You know I do. And do what I called you to do. Peter, you love me? Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Why? Because I never stopped loving you, even though you didn't perform the way maybe you should have. I never stopped loving you no matter what was going on in your life and when you stopped serving me I didn't stop serving you when you stopped walking with me I didn't stop walking with you when you stopped you stopped recognizing who I was I never stopped recognizing who you were and the second time I seen you at the seashore I want you to go back to the first time 
I kept my side of the deal. You maybe thought you were disconnected from me, but you weren't. Because I didn't leave you, even though you left me. I don't know, maybe you left them. Maybe you need to come back. Maybe you just got to stay where you are. But whatever you got to do, you can't forget this. I wrote this down, I liked it. About Peter. Instead of scolding him, rebuking him, telling him, I told you so, pointing at his flaws and his failures, he simply shows Peter this. The relationship was never broken, at least not from Jesus' perspective. This obvious gesture of love suggests God's love is bigger than our personal sin, no matter how big you may think it is. He ain't leaving you. He ain't never leaving you. You might have left him. You might have denounced him. You might have walked away from him. You might not be performing well. You might have whatever. But there ain't nothing that can separate you from his love. And even when you feel like you left him, he ain't never leaving you. Glory to God. Come on, stand up on your feet. Today I want you to just close your eyes just for a minute. I want to pray for you. And then Pastor Liz is going to lead us in prayer. But I just want you to be blessed today. I want you to be able to find hope in every situation of life. Let me pray for you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I just thank you for each and every person here at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, for your changing and moving in their life. I thank you, Lord, that your power and ability is well able to meet them right where they're at. And I thank you, Father, that they have hope for the future. I thank you, Father, that there's going to be a place of hope from your word, a place of hope from your spirit, a place of hope from everything that they could find. And Father, let these words, the same words they said, don't you remember what he said? May the words that were spoken here today about what you said resonate in their minds forever to remember what you said about them. You love them and you're going to keep them all the days of their life. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And if you just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. Because maybe you're in this room today, maybe you've never had the opportunity to invite Jesus into your life. Or yes. maybe you've served him before and you're not serving him now, and now you know it's time to make a greater commitment to who he is. You know, John chapter 3, verse 16, beloved scripture says, For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never yes. perish, but experience everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but mm. to be its savior and to rescue it. So now there's no longer any condemnation for those who believe in him. And maybe this morning you say, I haven't believed in him and I've been living under condemnation. I've been living with guilt and I've been living with shame and I've been mm. living with regret and I've been living with all those things. I'm here to tell you right now that in one moment, all of that can be washed away. Yes. One moment you can accept him and receive him. The only thing you have to do, Pastor Chris said it, the promises of God, there's only one requirement that you have to believe them. Mm. And I'm telling you right now that whether you've served him before and you're not serving him now, or maybe you've never invited him into your life, right now is your moment, whether you're in this room, whether you're watching online. Yes. And every head is bowed, every eye is closed, no one's looking around. So it's right now between you and God. And if you say, I need him in my life, 
I want to make him my Lord. I want to make him my Savior. I messed up. I was like Peter on the seashore, but I'm ready to say I love you, Jesus. Would you just raise your hand right now Thank so you, I can Lord. see it? Just lift up your hand and say, Thank that's you, me Jesus. this morning. I'm ready to ask him into my yes. heart. I'm ready to ask him into my life. It's the greatest decision you could ever Thank make. Thank you, Lord. Come on, I'm going to wait a minute. There's more of you this morning that just say, that's me. Maybe you say, my life has been a mess. Mm. But right now, in one moment, he can begin to bring transformation to your life. So just lift up your hands as high yes, as you Lord. can. Say, that's me right now. Thank and then you. you can put your hands down, but I want everyone to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I believe. I believe that you are the Son of God. You are the Son of God. I believe. I believe that you came to earth. That you came to earth. You died on a cross. Died on a cross. So I could have. So I can have everlasting life. Everlasting life. So right now. Right now. I believe. I believe in my heart. My heart. And I confess. And I confess with my mouth. With my mouth that you are Lord. That you're Lord. I ask you. I ask you to come into my life. Come into my life. To come into my heart. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins and I will serve you I'll serve you from this day forward this day forward in Jesus name I pray in Jesus name amen I'm... and amen come on every rejoice praise the I Lord I say this every time but the Bible only tells one place where heaven rejoices it says when a soul is saved all of so we're up in heaven right now can we rejoice again because there were souls that were saved today amen heaven is rejoicing we're rejoicing here on earth amen well we are so glad that you guys joined us today yes for church this morning. Just a reminder that we do have our Easter egg hunt over if you go out in the pocket. First of all, if you brought your children for the Easter egg hunt, go pick them up from our <laughs> kids first. Get your kids. Um, you're like, hey, my kids are coming. No, go get them and you bring them to the Easter egg hunt, which will be over at yes. Champions Academy right and next listen, door. Listen, I, all right now, some of you, this is great momentum. I want to see you next week. Okay. You, bro you broke the barrier. You made it in the building. Let's go. We're in a great series. It's going to be life-changing. I'm going to be talking about the Holy Spirit all month long. Who He is, what He does, how He works, how He operates. It's going to be a great series. And from us here at Relevant, my family to your family, happy Easter. Enjoy your time together. And remember that Jesus loves you and we love you too. Amen. God bless yeah, you guys. We're going to have a great time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.